You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I, uh, especially after last Sunday, um, celebrating 30 years here, and um, I honestly felt months ago God transitioning in my life, a different season. And uh, I want to grow the people. And uh, wow, I just looked over and seen the hammer. And uh, <laughs> Amber Kessner, one of our quietest women in the church, won the tough man women uh, fight last night. She put the hammer down, man. Put the hammer down. I'd have never dreamed that. Never dreamed that. Uh, she said me neither. Uh, she got a $1,000 check too last night, right? Praise God. That don't make your husband shout, right? <laughs> Amen. So we're going to get here. We're going to get here. I promise you. Um, but I, I want to, uh, I said last year I got more years behind me than I do in front of me here in this pulpit and, and in life. And I feel God transitioning um, what he wants to do in my life. And that's to grow and to strengthen the believers in the knowledge of God so that when I'm long gone, uh, you'll be ready to fight the battle and continue to carry it on if the Lord tarry, if the Lord tarry. So there's, uh, I asked Pastor Kerry to sing that song when I was reading uh, about the alabaster box. So I titled this message, A Life Worth Remembering. Jesus said in Mark's gospel, chapter 14, verse 8 through 9, she had done what she could. And I'm probably going to hang my hat on that a little bit this morning. She had done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. It was customary at that time. And that's what they would do. They would anoint someone. So you need to understand that. In verse nine, verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. A, a life worth remembering. It's uh, almost been two years now uh, since I had those strokes and was in the hospital and uh, it makes you look at things a lot different. And uh, so I want to share with you today, I'll, I ask you a question. Um, ask yourselves, a hundred years from now, will it even matter that I was born? A hundred years from now, will it even matter that you was on this earth? I received a text message yesterday from a man sitting here on the front row. He said, hell lost another one, meaning that he had led somebody to the Lord. It was about a week ago, I think the same text came from the same man that had led somebody else. And then I think a Rocky over there, Rocky leads more people to the Lord than most pastors do. So ask yourself that question. What will they say about you in a hundred years? Will they say, wow, he was a great Investor was he? He was a great, um, you know, businessman, woman, whatever it may be. Question: Are there things? 
Are the things that I'm living for worth Christ dying for? Ask yourself that question. And is the things that I'm living for in my life that consume all of your time, is it really worth what Christ died for? So I want you to imagine standing before God one day and the Lord asked, what did you do with your life? Not somebody else's life. You're not going to quite, we always want to talk about somebody else, do we not? Seriously, I mean, we, we want to make ourselves look better by making somebody else look bad. But what when God, what's going to happen when God says to you, Robert, what did you do with your life? We were talking in the back uh, with the praise team and sharing and praying together and Pastor Michael was sharing some scripture and we was talking about decreasing less of us and more of God. Just to be honest with you, it's easier, it's a process the older you get. The longer you've walked with God, it's, it's easier to realize that, wow, God really is who he says he is. And God really owns everything and I own nothing and that I'm leaving this world the same way I came in, butt naked, right? Somebody say amen. amen. So it's, it's a process, young people. I, I believe you'll get there, all right? So how will you be remembered? It's very important. What kind of legacy are you leaving for your family? My goodness, when my dad, and he'd been going five years, when he came up on that screen last week and prayed over the 30th anniversary, and that was when he had prayed 20 years ago at our 10th anniversary. What a legacy uh, uh, that he has left for me and my family and people at Enterprise Methodist Church. He unlocked the door on Sunday mornings. He turned the light on. He taught Sunday school. He was Sunday school superintendent. He gave his time. He helped people everywhere. He locked up the door at the end of the day. And he raised me and two siblings and was good and loved my mom. And he shared Jesus everywhere he went. You've heard this story. My mom was in the hospital and the nurse came to me and she said, you need to tell your mother she needs to stay in her room and quit going room to room telling people about Jesus. Uh, and I said, huh, well, I'll tell you how this is going to work. You go tell my mom she's got to stay. All my mom and dad did uh, was leave a legacy that cannot be denied. How about you? Huh? When you leave this world, what kind of a legacy have you left for your family and not only your family, your coworkers, your community, people in your circle, they ought to know that you serve God, you love God, you worship God, you wasn't ashamed to come in God's house and lift up your hands and say, God, you are my maker. God, you are God Almighty. God, you are my Savior, and I come to worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the lover of my soul. Anybody in the house, can you give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? <laughs> Mark chapter 14. Let's read a few verses. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, 
very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble you her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always. And whensoever you will, ye may do them good. But me you have not always. Now listen to verse 8. He says, she hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. And verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And here we are, Jimmy, over 2,000 years later, and she's still being remembered. She's still a memorial. She took a priceless oil. It was oil that was used back in that day by the kings. The bottle was worth, if you look at it, it was worth a whole year's labor. Think about that. And what did she do? She broke it open, Crystal. She broke it open and poured it all for what he had done for her. He had saved her soul. She knew who he was. True love. True love gives its most precious possessions. True love. Nothing I wouldn't give her, my wife, nothing. Ephesians chapter six, verse 24. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Grace be unto us, Bob, that love him with everything that we've got. Psalms chapter 31, verse 23. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. He's my provider and I love him. And I'm not ashamed to shout it from the rooftops. How about you? Can, do you ever tell somebody that you love Jesus? Do you ever tell anyone at all that you're a Christian? <laughs> oh, man, it's quiet in the house today. The Gospels tell us of a woman who lived a life worth remembering. Remembering. Jesus was aware of what was to come. He knew he was going to die. And he accepted it as his anointment for burial, customary. But there was other people present, including the disciples. They were bothered by this. All of them. But you need to remember Judas was the treasure. And Judas was the thief. So if she would have sold that and put that money in the treasure... Judas would have got a little kickback, right? It's amazing how we change when we might think there's something to benefit us. Someone look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he don't need to go there. <laughs> so there was some that questioned the waste of expensive perfume that it could be sold and money given to the poor. 
Let's look here at Luke chapter 7, verse 38. It says, and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. We see repentance. We see humility. You see, this woman was a sinner. Can I tell you this morning that I'm a sinner? Can I tell you this morning that you are a sinner? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he knew what he was getting with us. And he gave his life anyhow. Somebody say amen. amen. She sinned. A death, she had a desperate need. And there was conviction going on right here. And I pray that there would be conviction here in this house at all times. That we would never get so puffed up that we don't remember why we're here on Sunday morning. I pray that we don't get so puffed up that we forget about the cross. How Jesus gave his life. A terrible, terrible, cruel death to save a sinner like me and a sinner like you. He didn't have to. He could have called legions of angels, but he said, Father, it's not my will, but thy will be done. Don't get to the place you don't remember. Can someone say amen? She ached. This woman came. She ached for cleansing. She ached for forgiveness. She knew that people talked about her. She was a sinner. You know people talk about you? Huh? People still talking about me. That's okay. He's talking about me too. He said, that's my son. Huh? He's redeemed. He's bought by the blood of the lamb. He's my son. He went through the adoption plan. Huh? I shed my blood on a cross. I gave my life for him and for you. You and I ought not to be ashamed of what he's done for us. We ought to tell somebody. We ought to make a sacrificial gift and give him all that we've got. God, here's all of our praise. Woo! Here is all of our praise. What would Jesus do? People talking about you, what would he do? Matthew 11 and 28 said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus was moved by this woman's passionate worship that he forever made her a memorial. Listen, Jesus said in Mark 14 and 9, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Her life became a, memor a memorable, her life became memorable, now here, not for the things that she couldn't do, but for the things that she could do. And I pray if there's anything in this message that you get from this today, that you get this, she did what she could. God will never ask you to do what you can't do. 
I want to say it again. God will never ask you to do what you can't do. It's amazing the amount of people that call me and tell me what God has told them to do and expect me to do it. I'm being truthful. If God told you to do something, then do it. It wasn't meant for you to tell me to do what God told you to do. Does that make any sense? It does to me. Right? So listen to me. She did it in the face of criticism. Here's something else I want you to learn from this. In Luke 7 and 39, now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner, self-righteous, self-righteous. Do you hear me? The attitude of self-righteous, the attitude of a religious spirit. He only thought these things, he thought. That's what scripture said. He wouldn't speak it publicly, but he thought it in his mind. Anybody in the house guilty? Huh? He considered himself better than the sinful woman. How do we do that sometimes? Well, I live in a better house. I drive a better car. I dress better. I know I've got more income. I know I've been more successful. Huh. And I got more education than that person's got. Listen to Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Be careful. I'm trying to just teach us today. Imagine her shame. Imagine her embarrassment as while she is washing Jesus' feet, others in the room know she's a sinner. And she knew that they knew it. People will criticize you. You need to learn from this. People will criticize you when you start to do something for Jesus. You need to hear me. When you start to do something for Jesus, people will criticize you. I've dealt with it the majority of my adult life. People will criticize you. He's not ordained. He don't have the proper education. He doesn't speak well. He doesn't even know English very well. Well, only thing I can tell you is he called me. And I'm just using me as an example. I've not heard this for a long time, but I'm trying to help you. When you start to do something for Jesus, people will tell even people that you're close to will tell you why you can't do it. Why you've not got the ability to do what God has called you to do. God don't call the ones uh, that have all the ability so they can get all puffed up and get to credit. God calls the ones that cannot do it without God showing up and doing it. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So our critics, they attacked her. What you're doing is a waste. Still, she did what she could. So when you're criticized, don't stop. Just keep doing what you can. Do you hear me? So there's a lesson 
For God to use you, you got to pass two tests. You got to pass the praise test, and you got to pass the critical test. For God to use you, you got to pass first the praise test. Man, that was good, Pastor. That was good, Pastor. Wow, Pastor, look what you've done in 30 years, Pastor. That's great. How do you pass that test? You take it back to the office after the service and you get down and you lay down on the floor and you say, God, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you for all those praises, God, that you gave me the opportunity, God, and I know who I am. And God, I know that I can't do anything without you, God, but with you, God, I know I can do all things if I keep my focus on you, God, and I give you all the glory, and I give you all the last 30 years, God, and I give you every building, I give you every altar and every pew and every light and every sound system and everything that you have ever done, God. We give it to you, God. It is for your glory. It is for your honor, God. We know we can't do it. If you're going to get used by God, God, you got to pass the praise test. And then if you're going to be used by God, you got to pass the criticism. Because man, it comes along with the praise. And it's amazing to me, the same people that praised you on Monday can criticize you before Tuesday. You hear me? How do you pass that test? The same way. God, man, I don't know what has happened here, God. I don't know what's going on, God. They've criticized me, and God, you know my heart. And God, if I've done something wrong, God, then God, I apologize to you, and God, you convict me and show me to go apologize to them. But God, I can't listen. I can't carry that criticism. But God, you nailed it to the cross, uh, and God, you've called me, and if you've called me, you equip me. And one time, my confidence was just rattled, and my confidence was just shook, uh, and a great young lady said to me, don't accept criticism from somebody you won't ask advice from. And I'm telling you that left me like a dove and that's good for somebody right now don't receive any criticism from somebody that you won't ask advice from somebody in the house give God a hand clap and a shout of praise huh oh God help us here huh Lord 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 so how do you pass that test I just showed you you learn to give the praise and the criticism that you've received, you give it to God. Jesus, this woman, because of her extravagant worship, has been made a memorial. And he was moved when she broke open the alabaster jar of expensive oil to anoint his hands and his feet. Now listen to 2 Corinthians. And we'll try to wind this down. In 2 Corinthians... Chapter four, verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen, earthen vessels. But we have this treasure. We experience fatigue in life. We experience weariness. We experience struggles in our relationships, in our marriages, strain. We got pressure all around us, just to be honest with you. We go through seasons of trouble, seasons of doubt, seasons of criticism, seasons of conflict. And we need a strong spirit of endurance. 
This treasure in verse seven refers back to verse six. It is the presence of God himself. I'll say it again, it is the presence of God himself. God's presence is placed into earthen, I can't even already say that for some reason. My tongue's sticking to the roof of my mouth. You know what I'm trying to say, earthen vessels. So God enters our bodies. Do you hear me? Bodies that are like earthly vessels that were made of pottery. And pottery breaks very easy. Earthen vessels. Yet imagine, here we are, we're weak. We're corruptible. And don't forget, we're perishable. But imagine God's presence is placed into such earthly bodies. You and I, stand with me this morning. Our earthen vessels and the treasure, listen to me, please pay attention. And the treasure that's inside us is our worship to God. That's why we stress worship. If people are gonna know about your love for him, there's gotta be a brokenness just as the alabaster box was broken. We must be broken in order to praise. I'm telling you. When I look back and see where he's brought me through, what he's brought me through, I don't know if I'll say this right, but I heard, I think it was T.D. Jake say, the amount of your praise will be amount of the hell that he's brought you out of. Does that make any sense to anybody? The amount of your praise will reflect the amount of the hell that he has brought you out of. And I know where he's brought me from. I don't know, it's been in the last few weeks I was in my office thinking about, I think I might've shared a little bit of some of the foolish things that I did as a teenager. That I mean, I should have been killed. Killed. And what, what kept me alive? I believe it was my mom and dad's prayer and my mom and dad's worship. Huh? Has God protected anybody in the house? Has he brought you out of the wilderness in any way, shape, or form? Broken? What needs to really happen? This just I didn't read this anywhere. It's just somewhere what, in my prayer that God gave me. What needs to happen to this body of believers? I'm going to speak mostly to a lot of the men. Your pride needs to be broken. Your pride. Can't get your hand out of your pockets because of pride. Either that or you're worried I'm going to stick my hand in there and get something. <laughs> nah. James chapter four, verse six. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. James chapter four, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. To be used by God is to be broken enough to pour out your love on Jesus. You hear me? I heard a, a guy one time came to our church many years ago and he, and Carrie was with us as the worship leader, but he said the main worship leader in the church should be the pastor. Said the congregation should see the pastor worship. And you see that. You hear me? And it starts from the head down. We serve an awesome God. 
And this lady, she came and she knew what he had done for her. And even though they talked about her, she pressed through and she did what she could. And that's all God's asking us to do is what we can. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to give this invitation to Christians first this morning. Is there a place in your life that you feel maybe the Lord has placed some conviction on you this morning that you need to work in that area to surrender and give to the Lord what you feel the Lord is speaking to you? If that would be you, would you slip your hand up? Has God spoken to anybody in the house, all over the house? You see those hands. You see those hands. Thank you, Lord, we see those hands. As every hands are back down, and just to be honest, and just ask you a simple question. If you was to die today, would heaven be your home, you know? I had a friend of mine tell me a few weeks ago, well, I'm a good person, and I treat people right, and I help people, and I said to him, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. I said to him, my goodness, you'll split hell wide open with that mentality. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's asking the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins, my friend. It doesn't matter how often you come to this building, how much money you give to this church or to the kingdom of heaven. And it matters if you'll humble yourself and acknowledge that you've sinned, that you're a sinner, and ask Christ to forgive you and mean it. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to drag you down here. But if you're here this morning and you have never prayed that prayer and you don't know without question, without any doubt, that heaven is your home. And today you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ. And you'd like to ask him to forgive you of your sins and start a brand new life. Would you slip your hand up high? Would you slip your hand up high right, right where you're at this morning? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I won't tarry long. I never do. But you know if God's speaking to you, is there one this morning would like to give your life to Christ? Then as every head is up and every eye is open, let's thank God for his word today and give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 